Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. One. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to hour number two of Radio Law Talk. Sitting in for Fred Penny, who's on assignment. We need that kitty bump. Where's Fred? For that one there, Fred Penny on assignment. Todd Cunin sitting in for Fred. This, this is week. no fun. Well, no, no. The we're, we're having fun, Cal. Golly, I'm hurting my feelings. <laughs> to how my did right. that happen? I don't know how that happened at Boys all. Boys are weird. And he's just going that's through right. the whole whole the whole gamut of stuff. Because I had a where's Fred one? So I'm trying to find it, and I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> Seated to the right here, uh, Denise Dirks. Denise, how are you doing? You geared up for hour number. Two? I'm ready. Okay. All right. Uh, we have good topics. We're ready to talk about um, the ending of certain topics that we started first hour, and That's right. we're going to go on to new topics. Just, just really quickly, because we'll get into a case or no case here in just a minute. But w- when we finished up the first hour, and if you're just tuning in now, you catch the first hour on our podcast. It should drop uh, Sunday, Monday on RadioLawTalk.com. We were talking about how in a criminal case. If a person is wrongfully convicted or convicted, and they believe it was wrongful because of something the prosecution did, the, the defendant, now convicted defendant, can appeal that conviction. But if the defense does something that the prosecution disagreed with and later thinks, oh, they went beyond the line, the prosecution cannot uh, appeal what they would otherwise deem a, a wrongful acquittal, right? And that's in the United States. And there are some I, – I happen to subscribe to this. Despite its flaws, I believe that the criminal justice system in the United States is, is the best in the world. My personal belief, and I understand that reasonable minds can differ on that. But I'll give you an example of why. Because this whole – the prosecution cannot appeal a wrongful acquittal. Well, in the United States, that's true, but not Italy. Amanda Knox, she was acquitted by at trial and then the prosecution appealed and the acquittal was overturned on appeal and then she had to go back and 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 have to relive that nightmare their supreme court actually did eventually acquit her and so uh so this this whole idea that in the united states when you're acquitted in a criminal case 
then the criminal case is done. And I say the criminal case is done because I know, Cal, because you brought up OJ. <laughs> I okay? did. Sorry. <laughs> and I know that someone out there is going, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 you, you with the uh, black shirt on and the headphones. What about OJ Simpson? He was acquitted. But I seem to recall he owes the Goldman family a ton of money because they were successful in the civil case, right? Well, civil cases are not criminal cases. The big difference is O.J. Simpson's liberty was not in jeopardy in a civil case. His money was. And a lot of people can say, well, what good is liberty if you're broke? But still, um, his, his money was in jeopardy. Damages were in jeopardy for him, but not his liberty. He was out. The criminal case was done. Burden of proof in a civil case is different than the burden of proof in a criminal case. That's why we have it. Still think this is the best criminal justice system in the world. Of course, you know, hey, reasonable minds can differ. I don't mind other people being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you would say, oh, well, let's look at uh, Russia, China, Brazil. Oh, well, that's definitely better. I mean, I think we've seen enough kangaroo courts and weird things happen in other locations that we have to put faith in what we have. And this is what we have. Well, where, where I, I like I like that you have an unbiased judge. That's important to me. Um, yes. That was one of the things when I was doing comparative law um, studies in different countries was that in some countries – they actually they believe that if you have um, a charge against you, you're already guilty because the judge investigates it, the prosecutors investigate it, the the defense attorneys, everybody's involved in the actual investigation into the crime, and there's not an unbiased person amongst them, it's, you know, and it just feels like it's not a very good system when it's like that. Yeah, so in the United States, we, you've heard we have the separation of powers, the three branches of government. We've got the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branch, right? And and in the criminal justice system, the legislative branch passes the laws that somebody may or may not adhere to. If they violate the law as passed by the legislative branch, it's the executive branch – that is responsible for investigation and prostitution, not prostitution, prosecution. <laughs> I don't know, some might argue that. Investigation and prosecution of the case. The district attorney prosecutes, that's the executive branch. The, the police department, they investigate or the detectives investigate, that's the executive branch. So they do that and it's tried before the judicial branch. So you're right. It's, it's it, they maintain the separation of powers in the criminal justice system, and and that's why that's why I think it's great. So you know, most important thing of what Todd just said was that I was right. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I agree with that. Now there have been some instances today. For example, our first case or no case where you are not. And speaking of case or no case, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just pointing that out. Now it's time to play case or no case. All right, let's talk about Dick Fosbury. An amazing athlete and an outstanding physics student in high school. He revolutionized the high jumping sport by developing a new way to approach and clear the bar, leading literally to new heights. The current world record, by the way, of high jumping, I will not tell you what it is, but if you can tell me what it is without looking it up, you'll get an extra point if you can tell me the current world record for the high jump. So, right now, uh, he was, uh, he, Oh, the current record holder is, is I, interestingly enough, for the purposes of this show, Javi Sotomayor is the person who holds the record for the high jump. So, Mr. Fosbury developed what he called the Fosbury Flop, 
a jumping style used in the track and field sport of high jumping. So he won the gold medal in the 1968 Olympics, and he he did this in the in the trials coming up to the Olympics. And what he did was he developed a way of coming at the bar in an angle and then throwing himself over backward to keep his center of gravity below the bar all the time, and that made heights much higher than the old scissor method and the old jump and roll method that people used to use. I know you care about this, don't you, Todd? Uh, scissors method. Yeah, no. Okay. So, Fosbury became famous, and there was a Canadian high jumper, a female, uh, Debbie Brill, and she was helped by the advances in the pitch. She was working on a similar system. And so when Fosbury became famous and called it the Fosbury Flop, Miss Brill sought to copyright the technique in her own name. And Fosbury learned about this, and so did the U.S. Olympic Committee. And so they decided to go to the, their attorneys and say, when it comes to the Fosbury flop or the Bill Brill jump, is it a case or no case? And Mr. Cunin, you get to go first, you lucky man, you. Oh, yeah, I feel so fortunate. <laughs> I can tell. Yes, the whole idea behind the Fosbury flop was I, I, I don't have to have my entire body clear the bar at the same time. I can clear the bar in increments. Exactly. Take it from personal. Take it from personal experience. If you try to apply the same principle in meeting your spouse's expectations, I don't have to meet all of them all the time. I just have to meet the one salient at the time. It doesn't work. Take it from personal experience. How, how did we get that? I have gone down that road before. Apparently, love is a high jump. <laughs> yes, 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 <laughs> we yes just it, is. That. it is. Lo- love, love is a high. It's not just about a. That would make a good country song. Yeah, I think. Would, yeah. love, love, love is, is a high, high jump. jump. I lost all my alcohol. My dog left me. I'm driving a pickup truck. Love ain't a high jump. Yeah, well, uh, yeah I'm just stalling for time so that I can. So, do you have an answer or not? What do you think break. about this? All right, I'll give you my answer. I'm going to let Denise stew over this during the break. I'm going to say. No case, because Olympics and all that is still amateur competition. What are these guys trying to make money off something that's supposed to be amateur? Oh, believe no me. No case. No case. When you have a Nike sponsorship and you live in Portland, Oregon, there's money in it. And I will. And I do you want my estimate for high jump world record right now or later? Give me your estimate. Eight two, eight feet two inches. Good. Denise, do you have an estimate for the high jump? Um, I'm going to go eight four. <laughs> Good. All right. Explain the price is right. (laughs) I like it. Very good. Stay tuned. Radio Law Talk will continue here. Uh, The answer to case and okays in just a little bit. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. 
This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. My name is Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I've assembled an excellent team of highly experienced personal injury trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. At Penny & Associates, we will aggressively represent you and your family when someone has been injured in an accident. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. For a free initial consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or call 1-800-616-4LAW and ask for Frederick, Stewart, Rob, Kevin, Kent, or Will. That's Frederick Penny at Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers, 1-800-616-4LAW. For law. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic, and maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-711-9218-800-711-9218-800-711-9218 That's 800-711-9218. Hi, this is Annette Benning. I'd like to tell you about a nonprofit human services organization that has been helping everyone in performing arts and entertainment for more than 130 years, the Actors Fund. The fund serves everyone in film, theater, television, music, opera, radio, and dance with programs to support a life in the arts. The fund offers emergency financial assistance in times of need, including help for those in crisis due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Services include health care and insurance counseling, housing, secondary employment, and training services and more, all to help foster stability and resiliency for the people who lift us up and brighten our days through their work, especially in times of crisis and anxiety. To learn more, please visit ActorsFund.org. Where's Fred? Are Are you serious? Email the show anytime you'd like. Info at Radiolawtalk.com. I-N-F-O. Info. Info at Radiolawtalk.com. Dot com. So we're right smack dab in the middle of uh, case or no case. Our case, 
Well, uh, the the topic is the Fosbury flop, the high jump technique, and essentially. Did Brill, another person who was developing something similar, did she come up come too close to what she had in marketing, and it did it lead to a case of, you know, you can't copyright that technique, whatever? She wanted the endorsement dough. 1968, remember, this is Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. Nike shoes, 1968. Things are just starting to happen there. And all of a sudden, if you made a name for yourself in the Olympics, you didn't have to worry about being an amateur athlete, the money would follow you around. Denise, what do you think? Case or no case? I said no case. Yes, no case. I, said, I yeah. said no case, and I gave Denise, at the goodness of my heart, I stalled so she would have plenty of time. And she's happy about that. She spent yes. the whole time on the internet. He also... Uh, no, I didn't. No. Looking at Instagram. I did not. She did a TikTok video. <laughs> she did three Instagram posts <laughs> and, and, and took down Twitter. I know I saw some of that might be hyperbole. And did a Fosbury flop right over the studio table. Right she there. She didn't even know I what it was. What it she was. didn't know what it was. I oh, explained really? it, and oh. she just went out and did seven feet. Oh, okay. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, no, I did 8.4. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh. She said it was 8.4 <laughs> right. was her that's guess right. for the right. world record. That's right. Okay. So this isn't really – this is – I love these facts. I love these facts, but I don't think it's a case either. I wished it was. I'm kind of hoping that we're both wrong and that Cal gets some points here because these are really true facts, and it's a true scenario, I believe, but – I don't think it's a case either. For, for those of you that have tuned in for the first time or are new to Case or No Case or Radio Law Talk in general, you have to understand how difficult it is for Denise to, to, to utter an answer that is the same as mine. It's like Fonzie's inability to say he was wrong. Or I love Or I'm sorry. It's just like. Oh, you're right, Denise. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> but she has cited Which I've said me. many a time, by the way. I want to go on the record. I've said that many times. <laughs> Cal, what, 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 is our, what is the answer to this conundrum? Well, here's the thing. First off, Fosbury did develop this with his physics teacher in his high school physics class as they started looking at the cent- literally the center of gravity of the body. And Fosbury said, how come we're limited to six feet when we jump? And the physics professor said, well, it's because your center of gravity is always above the bar. You know, always when you jump using the scissor method, you'd go and scissor your legs over and then they'd go and roll. And, you know, this is how they would do it. And he said, well, what can we do? And and so they came up with this really remarkable thing, Todd. What? I'm just <laughs> called I, I am intently listening to I the. No, tell. he's not. He's googling eyes. Me. Yeah, called, I, I, I am not googling. <laughs> called, he's googling scissor technique called the Fosbury flop, <laughs> and and it worked, and currently allowed the Mr. Sotomayor, the current record holder, to hold the current world record of eight feet. Point four. Eight point four. Exactly. That is exactly what it is. Is eight point four feet or eight feet four inches? No, not inches. Eight point four. Okay, I I I guessed eight feet two two Two. inches. So So I don't. You'll have to do the math. If it's the same, you're welcome to it. Well, I said eight point four. I think there's. I got it exactly. You said eight feet four inches. No, I didn't. She said said eight point four. And I think there's a reason we don't use the metric system in this country because we're not communists. That's why. (laughs) Okay, so that. By the way, no case, no case, (laughs) no case. So good job, you guys. By by the way, yeah. By the way, were we getting extra points if we guessed the uh, world record? Yep. Because uh, point. 
Oh wait, it was uh, it was point four. Eight point four. Eight point four. All right. All so right. So do the conversion. Uh, I'm going to go point. He four guessed eight point three. Equals. Well, darn. <laughs> inches. Hmm. Well, next time on Case or No Case, taking a picture of a bear in Montana in your dreams. So that would be it for Case or No Case. Ladies and gentlemen, we have lost Denise for the rest of this segment. I doubt she will not be able to... uh just use, just use the metric yeah, system. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We, we appreciate having you here. Okay. We're tied with that now. We're, with with what? With with that. that so, so what what is our scoring on? Case? Um, I'm 24 because with that three, it are, took are me you, Are you 24 or 2.4? I, I am 24. 24. Just making sure. And, and, four and 20. Okay, and I am four. Four and I am, 20. I am one score and four, which is 24. <laughs> and what's Fred? Fred is still ahead. He he's at twenty six. Okay, and Cal's at six. Uh, d- uh, Cal, do we have any absentee demerits that we issue? Uh, no, we only do that uh, if if there's someone playing for Fred. Then we can always always put the okay. negative. Uh, you know. We can all play. right, all right, D- Denise, Denise, yes. Denise, Denise. Um, if she were single, and oh, I, I believe that she is, and and I came to you and said I should date this person. What would you say, and the person is Angelina Jolie? I would say, have at it. (laughs) (laughs) It's only because it's you, Todd. Only because it's me. Because Denise wishes, you know, apocalyptic death on me every morning. I just couldn't find the When You Wish Upon a Star song in time. (laughs) What, what, What is going on with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt now? Well, they they both own fifty percent of this company that that owns the Chateau Miraval in in France, and it's a really beautiful property. And it's actually something that Brad Pitt is really, really, really impressed with, and he puts a lot of work into it. And it's where they got married, and you know, it's their home together, and they still continue a joint ownership by virtue of a corporation. Didn't we do a story about this place earlier, about the lighting construct yes. and all that? No, it was artistic. Artistic lighting or something like that? A way that there was a picture or some kind of a drawing or artistry done in the house, and who owned it? Did the That's artist right. own That's it, right. or did Brad Pitt own it, right? right? And so, yes, we did. Back then, that was a long time ago. Good memory. Good knowledge. Talk. It was like four years ago, I and think. And if you want to find that, you can find that on our podcast. Right? That's right. But, but that what? was before they got divorced. Yes. And their divorce was quite um, messy. So we'll talk about what is going on with Chateau Miraval <laughs> when we come back. Chateau Miraval and the rabbit of Angelina Jolie. I brought like five different accents in there. I apologize. Cal? Yes. And don't forget, get her phone number. Give her a call. I'm sure she's waiting. <laughs> we'll be back with Radio Law Talk in just a little Radio bit. Radio Law Talk. And RadioLawTalk.com. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Keep listening for an exciting offer from U.S. Men. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain and inconvenience of pricking your fingers over and over again by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM. You can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. 
If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. We'll tell you all you need to know about CGMs. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And with insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now to learn more. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. CGMs are the newest in diabetic technology. They can help you stay in range and manage your diabetes better. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. And delivery is free. Remember, if you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. Call 800-251-7560. Co-pays and deductibles may apply. 800-251-7560. That's 800-251-7560. Sponsored by... I like the Amargosa Valley. Are you serious? Radio Law Talk. Now back to the show. Was it, wasn't Angelina Jolie in that movie Malefic- Ma- Maleficent? Maleficent. Yes, isn't that right? Did I say that I, right? I, 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 yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, she was so, the yeah. she was the protagonist in that show, and she it can be in real life too, especially to Brad Pitt. Was she, she was the protagonist or antagonist? Was she the evil or good person? Or was oh, she the, the evil. Villain? So she's yeah. the antagonist. She, I know she antagonizes Brad Pitt. Oh, I know so, that so, much. So the 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 dashing Prince Brad. And Maleficent. I keep thinking, do you remember Brady Bunch? Yes. Okay, Brady Bunch trivia. Bobby saw fireworks every time he kissed a certain girl. It was the first time he had puppy love. What was the name of the girl? I have no idea. Millicent. That's what I kept wanting to say. Maleficent. Whatever. Okay. So talk to me about Angelina Jolie. And and why I I should date her as evil as she is, apparently. Yeah, I really wouldn't wish her on my best friend, but you can have her. Go ahead, Todd. Okay, great. (laughs) Well, what happened is she – during the marriage, she got – Brad Pitt was the majority owner of this property. And he – initially, he owned 60 percent and she owned 40 percent. During the marriage or right before they got married, he transferred 10 percent so they would be equal owners in this. Um, and in the corporations in that structure, there is the right for one shareholder to be able to buy out the interests of another shareholder. And it's called the right of first refusal. Um, so what happened is that Angelina Jolie is trying to sell her 50 percent but not let Brad Pitt know about it because she doesn't want him to buy her out. So it's a little bit So she doesn't want to own it. She doesn't want to own it. She just right. doesn't want him to own it. That's outright. right. That's right. And and Brad Pitt has, you know, conceitedly put a lot of his own efforts into this property and tried to improve it and make it better. And he really loves this property. She probably doesn't so much anymore. And she wants to sell. And she wants to sell. But and not she wants to him. To, right. Why would she care? Just give me the money. Let me go. What's what, I don't get it. 
Well, she, no, well, that's she's not, true. not a I person that shares. Vindictiveness she's, is the something I get. Yeah. yeah. She's just not the type of person that shares. You see that with the children. You see that she's going to fight to the nth degree to keep her kids. And as a matter of fact, we covered the story when she tried to get the um, the private judge kicked off her case yep. because initially they wanted to keep everything out of court and keep it private. And she had stipulated this private judge and they did not kick him out. However, that was appealed and now she's won that. And the custody orders have been taken and gotten rid of as well with that private judge. So they're right back at square one, not having any kind of proper orders for Brad Pitt to have um, visitation or any custody of his children. And it's they're this, come on, you guys, they got divorced in, what was it, 2015 or something ridiculous? By the time this is done, the kids are all going to be adults and it's not going to matter. One is already. Yeah. And it's 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 sad. So it just feels to me like it's a little vindictive. She, they're a divorced. Little. They are divorced. So there's no longer a breach of fiduciary duty. But it is a breach of fiduciary duty in the context of the agreements between the shareholders. I've, I've always said whether somebody is – the difference between perseverance and vengeance comes down to the placement of the word it in a sentence. Are you a stick to type of person, perseverance, or are you a stick it to type of person where the it comes first and she seems to be – the stick it to him type. She she's, feels like she's being really vindictive. Yeah. And by now, it should have turned around. Which, by the way, Denise and Todd, indicates to me why the divorce occurred. I'm just I'm thinking out it loud was, with you. This is all speculation yeah. on my part. But if you're Brad and everything has to be about the diva, about her, about my way, I want, I want my, you know, me, 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 then I can see why a divorce might have occurred, can't you? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure they should have ever gotten married. Um, they, th- I think they got married to please the kids. You know, they, they had children that they adopted and they had children of their biological children before the marriage. Yeah. And, um, it seems like they really did get married just to please the kids. And maybe that's not a good enough reason. And now we know it, it wasn't a good enough reason. And trying to unwind the marriage has been difficult at best. They are divorced. So that part of it is done. And that's why I said there's no longer a fiduciary duty as between spouses that they owe to. But it's, it's very similar to the, um, the context of a corporation where you do owe fiduciary duties, especially when there are agreements, shareholders agreements or agreements with the board of directors or those type of things. Those are valid agreements and they do bestow um, fiduciary duties upon uh, the different actors in that. And I would think that Mr. Pitt could say uh, my my obligation is to get as much for this property as I can for you. Therefore, no matter what anybody else bids for it, I'm going to top it and I'm going to get it. It's okay. It's going to work out fine. Now, wasn't there an issue? Well, he transferred his 10% to make them sort of co-equal yes. shareholders. But right. there's an issue now, I believe, with whether or not that 10% transfer was valid under German law. Or, uh, uh, Luxembourg, uh, I believe. Oh, uh, Luxembourg. Yeah. Uh, law because the the transfer of shares has to be in exchange for a thing of value, and this transfer of ten percent was for like one euro. Mm-hmm. So it was. It, so the question here is whether or not that ten percent transfer was even valid. If it was not. It's about consideration. Yes. It has to be some kind of consideration that's reasonable for that transfer to occur. I, I'm looking at the law here, and it's the papers were filed, the court papers. There's a lawsuit arising out of this, and they were filed in Luxembourg. 
Um, so I don't think it's German law. And let me just look that up. I'm pretty sure that it's France. What? Yes, yes. I, right? look, I, I, I Look, I was not good at geography. It's why I went to law school. I mean, essentially, you've got California, Utah, and then a whole bunch of stuff to the east. <laughs> and what else matters, really? Yes. <laughs> but uh, but but the fact is that's going to be that's going to be an issue because if that transfer was not valid, then whatever rights she has as a co-equal stakeholder in the estate and in that might not might not work at that point in time because now she's not co-equal. She's ten uh, percent less because that transfer would not have been valid. So they got to work that out. I think what it is, and I'm not positive. I'm kind of guessing here because Luxembourg is actually a landlocked country between France and Germany. So the official languages are French and German. So your guess was a very good guess, but it is actually its own country. Uh, yeah, country. And the reason I say that is because the property is definitely in France. Yes. So why would it be in Luxembourg? Why would there be jurisdiction there? And I think that's maybe where the corporation could be. has been. Um, oh, Luxembourg is the Delaware of Europe, apparently. Huh? It, it could be. It could <laughs> yes. be. I mean, I've been to Luxembourg, and I didn't think it was part of France or Germany either. But then I didn't remember because it was a long time ago. <laughs> well, if this happened in California or uh, you know, in a stateside law here, what, what, what would their obligation be? I mean, he could buy it or would it, would it matter? Or what do you think would happen? Well, it would be community property, yeah, more than likely. But if the transfer happened before the property, uh, before they were married, um, but they got married, and so there would probably be a presumption it was community property, yeah, um, or at least it would have been treated as community property. But for some reason, they decided to continue joint ownership of it through these different corporations, um, and. That's what my belief is, is that there's a violation here of the shareholders agreement. So here's what I take from all of this. It's going to be a yeah. little a little tangential, but at most of my takes are. You remember back when email first came out and everybody's coming up with these like creative – I'm going to give myself an email name like Studboy97. Ha, ha, ha. That's great. Or what a glamour girl blonde 42 at gmail.com and all these crazy things. And it all sounds really well and good till you find yourself in litigation, right? Uh, what's a good email address for the court to send these uh, notice to you? Um, the dude 97 at gmail.com. Oh, really? And you're embarrassed by these names that you come up with? Yeah, Gigolo. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Other uh, boy 16. Yeah, right, right, Exactly, right, right, right. exactly. The same thing is true with sometimes what you call companies, right? And I'm looking at this here. So Brad Pitt's company, Mondo Bongo. Yes. <laughs> So, I love that one. Mondo Bongo is suing, and, and you're sitting here trying to, and and he is, Mondo Bongo is entitled to all of these, you know, and, and you're looking at that going, I, I can see if they ever got before a jury, Mondo Bongo, really? Hmm. That's the best you could come up with? I mean, I thought you would have done like Tyler Durden or something like that. Shout out to Fight Club, um, you know, or, or, or something. But good heavens! So you know, just keep that in mind when you're forming your corporations, your corporate entities. Always, it, it's similar to the advice they give parents before they name their kids. Make sure you name them something you're not going to get sick of saying. You want to know something? <laughs> An interesting part is Mon- Mongo Mondo Bongo was a song that was in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the movie. Which is where they met. Yes, Aww. and it's while he was true. still married to Jennifer Aniston. By the Mescalaros. I now, hope I said that right. Mescalaros. Okay. Our method of naming children was to never put anything that would not look dignified on a gravestone. 
because eventually that's where it's all going to end up anyway. So you got to be careful of that. My parents had seven kids. Their motto was just don't name somebody the same thing twice. That was smart. <laughs> I wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> Radio Law Talk will continue in a minute. Hold on, please. is available 9 to noon Pacific every Saturday live on RadioLawTalk.com and on many radio stations coast to coast. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-738-0170. Medicare rules are confusing. They should be. There are over 130,000 pages of regulations. There's Part A through D, Medicare Advantage, and Medigap. According to the CMS, there are government programs available that can help you pay for your medical expenses. Choosing the right Medicare plan is a really big deal. The wrong choice can cost you a lot of money, and the right choice can put more money in your pocket. Call one of our licensed representatives today. At 65 Plus Medicare, our free service can show you a plan that will maximize your Medicare benefits, ensure you are taking advantage of all available government assistance programs, and save you money. Plus, call right now and get a free report on how to avoid costly Medicare mistakes. Call now. 800-220-7612-800-220-7612-800-220-7612. That's 800-220-7612. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans, and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0940-800-670-0940-800-670-0940. That's 800-670-0940. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. 
Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Show the world that you're tougher than tough. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. First, they said cigarettes were safe. We know how that turned out. Now, they say they didn't market e-cigarettes to teens. Fact, more than one in four high school students are vaping, and 80% say their first e-cigarette was flavored. Vaping is harmful to developing brains. The reason we think vaping is safe? Marketing. Same lies, different day. Tell Big Vape to quit lying. No points for you. Oh, come on. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. Have you ever heard of somebody suing another person or something being – you ever heard of somebody suing something? <laughs> That's a stupid question to ask on Radio Law Talk, but I've got a ton of them. Um, have you ever heard of a lawsuit happening in international jurisdiction or you know, in an international court or a lawsuit where an American company is sued in another country because of conduct? You ever, you ever heard of a situation sure. like that? Sure, it's, sure. It's called the European Union of Microsoft and Apple and all those guys. I mean, <laughs> so, right? so the question is, if a, an American company is sued in a foreign jurisdiction, and let's say they win, the, uh, the, the plaintiff, the American company loses, so the plaintiff wins in the foreign jurisdiction, how do they go about actually collecting the money? How do they go about collecting the damages if the American company's like, well, we're here in America. <laughs> Good luck. You know, so how do they do that? Denise, what's going on with Chevron? Well, Chevron um, had a, a big, huge judgment against them. It was over a billion dollars. It was, it was like, like $9 billion. Yeah, $9.5 billion with judgment. With a B. Yes. And it was in Ecuador. Yes. So it was in a court in Ecuador. And it was an American lawyer that was involved in this lawsuit against Chevron. And it was um, basically saying that uh, Chevron polluted Ecuador's rainforest. And, you know, he, he won this huge, big judgment against Chevron. Chevron is out of San Ramon, I believe it is. San Ramon, California. California, right. And so Chevron, of course, he got to collect – Upon the judgment in Ecuador. So he was able to get whatever assets or and at least partially collect some of this in Ecuador against the Chevron defendant. A couple of gas stations, quickie marts, you sure, know, stuff like sure, that. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, not, not selling stuff with Tecron. Right, know. right. Exactly. So just to clarify, this is an American lawyer. I think yes. he was barred in New York. Uh, I, I believe. Could be a, he was a Harvard Law graduate. Harvard Law mm-hmm. graduate, an American lawyer. Why did he choose Ecuador? Because he was suing on behalf of the villages in Ecuador that claimed that um, Chevron had destroyed or polluted their How lands. would they know to find a guy like that? Well, you look in the yellow pages, Cal. But, uh, yeah, and, he, and, he, and his associates were from Ecuador. So it's not like he was an American uh, attorney only, you know, that was all that was involved. So in he wasn't case. a carpetbagger, I guess is what I'm asking. Metaphorical phrase. Well, they called their lawyer and said, well, I got a referral for you. I know a guy that specializes. I can't use the word specialist. I got a, I got a guy whose who's forte is Ecuadorian environmental law. Let me, give right. you, let, let me give you his card. But either way, so that's what happened where we're at. Right. So then what happens, and this guy's name is Don. Ziger. Yes. And he um, brought that judgment 
to the United States, and he was trying to enforce it against Chevron in the United States, which is what you would do. You get a out, you know, you get an international, you get a, a other country judgment, and you bring it here, and you try to register it and enforce it against the assets of the um, corporation that a defendant. Um, American corporation right. here, and theoretically that can happen. Well, once you get it registered, you could put a lien on assets. You could you could uh, intercept tax returns. It's a bunch of different ways they can go about getting money that that corporation would have somewhere and saying, "They the court says I get a portion of that to satisfy this judgment." I want a piece of your assets. Yes, that's exactly what they say. At, at which point Chevron said, "Kiss my assets, and you're not going to get anything." <laughs> get your and, asset out of town. Right. Yes, exactly. Right, 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 and right. you know what? The U.S. District Court judge, um, Lewis Kaplan, he actually agreed with Chevron, go figure, right? Hmm. And he found that the 2011 billion-dollar judgment um, had been secured through bribery, fraud, and extortion. Wait, are you, was he saying that in, in Central and South America— there are corrupt judiciaries. Is that what he's suggesting? Uh, apparently so. I am stunned to hear this. Aren't you? I, 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 am, I am, you know, that is a negative. Well, I uh, know. I'm yes. going to go with that. It's, it's, it's a common theme. And I'm just going to say something now that's anecdotal. Um, I did a mini pupillage in England when I was there. We, My barrister represented the English defendant that had billion-dollar judgment against him. What, what, that is anecdotal. What, what's a mini pupillage? Because you say that word, and I think, in really small students. Oh. Okay, so what? Well, it is like I was studying law under a barrister. Okay, so. all right. Good. The mini part comes in because I didn't do a full year. I only did a full couple of months. They, they don't employ like the Halloween candy terminal. I, I did a, a fun-sized pupillage. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> That'd be good. Uh, all right. Good. Just keep going. That'd keep be going. good. So my barrister represented the English defendant that had the judgment out of Texas um, against him for asbestos. And there was um, class actions out of uh, Texas. And there were two of uh, two different judgments that were in against this defendant from England. So the Americans brought the action in England to enforce it. And the judge in England said, nope, you can't get it. It's not going to be enforced because the judge had been involved in settlement negotiations and he would not have been unbiased because he would have become biased by settlement negotiations, hearing things that would not necessarily be evidence before the judge at a trial. And that's not a joke. That happened. Conflict so of interest. The, the Americans, well, it's just a, an unbiased judiciary. Yeah. So that's a common theme when you're trying to enforce international judgment. Sure. Okay. So that's my part. But anyway, that's what we've got here. We've got then Judge Lewis Kaplan um, holding the attorney in contempt of court because he failed to honor the discovery that had been ordered, and he was supposed to turn over different information that may show the bribery, the fraud, the extortion. So just looking at the timeline here, the original lawsuit on behalf of the villagers in Ecuador alleged you know, contamination of the grounds by Texaco that was later purchased by Chevron. That's why Chevron was being sued. The allegations were 1964 to 92. this was going on. Guy gets an award, a $9.5 billion award out of an Ecuador court in 2011, comes back to the United States to try to enforce it. In 2014, the judge says, sorry, fraud, extortion, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to enforce that award. At which point Chevron then sued the lawyer 
seeking that the lawyer return any amounts that he made uh, up to that point in representation and any awards that might have been seized by Ecuadorian assets. And in the course of that litigation, this lawyer, Don, Don, Donzinger. Donzinger, was ordered to turn over his computer and electronics so they could search it for evidence of the fraud that the, the court bribery. said happened, the bribery. Yeah. He wouldn't turn it over. Uh-oh. And he was held in contempt. And he's lost his license to practice. This yes. is this is something that's really serious. Um, and I don't want to underscore the seriousness of it because, you know, you lose your ticket to practice law. That's your livelihood. That's something that not just impacts your reputation, but this could be criminal in nature for him. He could be looking at um, some t- doing some time, quite honestly. Wow. Well, if here's the one and thing I would say. contempt is criminal. Contempt of court would be – it could be criminal. It could be civil. It could be punished by jail time or it could be punished by um, uh, penalties. So the court has found him in contempt. The question is what the court is going to do about it. Right. As far as if, – if it was just from a jurisdiction standpoint, it, with regard to the allegations of fraud and extortion and all that happening down in Ecuador, I would think that – that, uh, wh- who would have jurisdiction over that? Could he be sued or brought criminally in the United States? Sure. For, yes. For what if happened in Ecuador. If he wrote yes. the emails here, if he did, if, if well, he arranged it here, and not just not just that. We have a defendant who is from you know America, so there is jurisdiction just by virtue of the injury being. Uh, part of the injury occurring in America. Being an American corporation. Yes. That's oh, right. Okay, sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's always nice when the courts go to bat for the multi-billion dollar companies because oh, they're yeah. victims too. Listen, it's okay with me because <laughs> there are many people who say, oh, they can afford it. I'm just going to go get it. And to me, that's the same as walking into Walmart instead of a mom and pop and stealing something from them instead of mom and pop and saying theft is theft. It's wrong no matter how I do it. And so yeah. I think there are companies that do get victimized in this fashion just because they're big. Why should they be punished because of that? I, I, I agree with you. I just hope that ultimately they're able to show, if that's the case, that there was fraud and extortion as opposed, and bribery. As opposed to mm-hmm. a court making a judicial termination on less than optimal facts just because it was a big corporation. Yeah, let's so. hope not. Yeah. But hey, we are done with two hours in Radio Law Talk. How does that happen this fast? Well, you brought up Angelina Jolie and your love for her. Darn right I did. And I just want to point out, we'll finish with this. You know, so when we started the Angelina Jolie segment, I asked Denise if, if I should date her if we were both single. She said yes, and then went on to describe, in her opinion, how vindictive a person she is, Angelina Jolie. And that's the person that Denise thinks I should date. Thank she you She should be perfect for you, Todd. Okay. That's perfect. Perfect. Okay. perfect. Great. She could do what I couldn't. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. Well, we'll uh, end on that note and see you back here in six minutes on Radio Law Talk. On many of your great radio stations, we thank you for carrying us and at radiolawtalk.com. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.
culture and censorship continue at their current pace, there will be nothing left of the truth. The Epic Times was founded to keep truth alive. We ask the questions we think you'd ask. We check facts without regard to any political agenda. No one tells us what to cover or how to cover it. We have a special trial subscription offer right now. One month of the Epic Times and total access to our amazing online content for just $1. You'll find it at TrustedNewspaper.com. One month, $1. TrustedNewspaper.com. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. 